this is Stephanie Hansen. You are listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And I have to say, things have been a little bit rocky in the last week. I have my guests on the line, Nicole Dockman and her co-founder, uh, Tom of Here's the Deal Spice Company. Hi, guys. How you doing? We're good. How are you? We're very good. I am good. If the quality of the audio here sounds a little bit different, podcast friends, it is because the motherfucking coronavirus. I'm just going to say it. Um, Let it out. It, it has been <laughs> um, a week ago today. I was coming back from Duluth and we were talking about all of the events that were going to be happening and all the cool things that we're planning for the fall and the summer and the spring. And today, literally a week later, I am not quarantined, but I'm in my house trying to create my social distance with my spouse. And I had to come up with some alternative ways of getting the message out and doing recording. And here we are. So Nicole and Tom, thanks for your patience. And you guys are also at home, I'm assuming. Yep. Yep. We are at home. Um, You're very welcome. In this new normal, uh, we had scheduled a podcast to talk about here's the deal spice company, which you guys, it's a fairly new business that you've launched and you are doing um, organic spice blends, which we will get to talking about. Can we talk just a little bit about, so were you both solopreneurs and was, are you, do you, is this your side hustle or do you have regular jobs too? Yeah. So I, um, I have a regular job. So I work, work a nine to five. I work at Flint Hills resources in Rosemount, Minnesota. Sure. Sure. Um, and so for me, it ends up being kind of a side side hustle to help Tom outside of that. And then Tom here has long, you know, worked in the restaurant industry for a very long time. Um, and then recently I was able to kind of start his own thing, um, with me last, last November. Okay. So Tom, as we have seen the, we'll call it the great restaurant collapse of 2020. Um, <laughs> how is that feeling? I imagine you have lots of friends that are out there that have either been laid off or are trying to keep their restaurants afloat as we've gone to complete curbside delivery or takeout. Yeah, that's right. Um, I just try to, this week, just been trying to like reach out to them and see if they have everything they need, where they see their companies going or how we can assist or help along the way. You know, we don't, all we can do is, you know, give us some advice or be like a lend ear, just kind of give some like guidance, I guess we could say as much as we know, but a lot of people are either laying people off or putting them on temporary holds to not knowing what the future really has in store for anybody. Yeah, it seemed like right away people put their hourlies, either laid them off or temporarily told them not to come in because they had to get down to really slim management or operational staff to see if they can make this all work. And we're only in the first week, so it'll be interesting to see how that all sorts out out over the next couple of weeks, right? I'm not sure that you can make it. Right. There's a lot of people I know who are in like the management roles or in the ownership roles or in the higher roles who have to make this decision and actually communicate with the people that they've hired or mentored for a year or two along the way. So it gets kind of stressful on everybody. And um, yeah, that's kind of where we're look, we're outside looking in, but trying to, you know, be there, be helpful or support them as much as we can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things too we um, 
are definitely, uh, you know, helping them as far as purchasing meals. So we're all about that. So recently we, we purchased a delicious meal from Travail, um, some ribeye steaks and rice and asparagus, and it was delicious. And we plan on getting some soup from Tenet and um, going down the line. So we, we're hoping to support in that way as well. Yeah. And I know they really appreciate that. Everybody is just trying to do the best that they can in order to stay afloat. And what, Tom, were these um, spice combinations? So you have four that are for sale right now online. You have, um, I'll have you tell me about each one and what it's called and what you would use it for. All right. So um, we do have four spice blends. Uh, Three are organic. Uh, the first one that Steven started the entire company um, was it's called the 127 blend. Uh, it's a very universal savory blend, kind of can go on just about anything from breakfast, lunch, dinner. Uh, the best way that we like to eat it would be on a ribeye steak, Yum. grilled or seared or baked. But it can go anything with eggs, can go on your tomatoes, go on your mayonnaise, can go on your salad, pizza crust, just about, it's pretty universal. Yeah. Very good. Um, and then our second one is a barbecue rib rub. Uh, this is one that I um, started creating in the restaurant. And then after I moved on and started our own thing, uh, I called one of my really good chef friends from Kansas City who does a traveling barbecue. And he kind of guided me in a different way of uh, creating it and different flavors. Uh, very good on <clears throat> pork ribs or uh, pork butts, smoking long-term uh, low and slow and smokers and or braising very very different it's very we call it intriguing and gnarly so it's got a couple, <laughs> got a couple different flavors that most people don't normally associate with barbecue but it creates a really nice um, dry rub crust on it bark uh, not really much sauce needed but you know everybody likes a little sauce sometimes so sometimes you, you get a little saucy <laughs> Um, the wing blend I actually did that one and recreated it with the spices that we ordered in that were organic but I actually made that for a staff meal when I did work at Travail Uh, we had a big smoker out front and we did I think two cases which is probably about 150 to 200 chicken wings and smoked them and tossed them in this and people loved it had a little uh, sweet on the front little coriander and then it kicks into red pepper hot cayenne on the back side of it it's very interesting how it works and I, how you blend it to get the different flavor profiles i have to tell you like my heart just melts when there's a great dry rub wing <laughs> it's like my favorite thing yeah it's delicious it's good and then your togarashi explain that one to me all right togarashi is a like a japanese style spice blend uh, it's usually about five or six different uh, spices and herbs, well, spices and herbs, um, but it's the ratio that you got to get just right for everything to work and um, work together and be delicious. It also has a uh, dehydrated orange peel, which we hand peel all the oranges, dehydrate, uh, break up to the right size. And then the nori, there's actually some seaweed in there that we actually hand cut into small squares so they're uniformed. So when you do shake it into your ramen soup or your pho or your stir fries, everything's uniformed properly in the mix. So your food looks very presentable and very delicious. I love it. That's a chef for you right there, huh? 
Uh, yeah, that one has no... Yeah, way over my head. <laughs> that one's uh, salt-free and no sugar. It's just like five or six different blends with just or spices that are ratioed out properly. So you get a little bit of the zing from the Szechuan peppercorn to a little bit of zest from the orange, red pepper flakes, some comfort with the garlic, sesame seeds, because you got to have sesame seeds. You gotta. So how do you guys, as you, so Tom, you put together the flavor blends. Like how do you, as a couple, how do you figure out who's going to do what in terms of the business day to day? Yeah. So I think, you know, when we first initially started um, embarking on this whole journey, um, one of the things or core principles, I guess, that I have learned um, from working my nine to five job is that, you know, it's important to have clear roles and responsibilities um, among your team and and making sure you have a good vision and, and know where you're headed. And so I think I've gained a lot of knowledge from that that I could help um, apply to this company. Um, and also with the extra factor that we are, are a couple, right? So we need to definitely have our own responsibility. Right, right. So we, we, we don't end up fighting or anything like that. So um, I think, you know, just starting out initially with those, that framework um, helped us decide, you know, what, what naturally each one of us is good at. Like, I'm not going to pretend I know how to mix or come up with recipes for spices. And he's not one to say, I'm, I'm going to manage the social media. So I think there was, uh, it was good that there was kind of a clear cut, you know, this is what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do type of an approach. So it's worked well so far. So far, so good. What kind of channels were you guys thinking would be the best way to sell this product? And has that changed since this virus um, is really changing a lot of things in the world? Yeah, I think, you know, initially we definitely wanted to have an online presence because we know that that's where a lot of things are headed. Um, It's important to have that. So we've, we definitely focused on that up front. Um, and then in order to market our products, we weren't big enough to go the wholesale route quite yet, or, or we thought we weren't. And so we really decided to embark on, you know, a lot of the local farmers markets, mm-hmm. um, holiday boutiques uh, of the like. And so naturally, um, I think the ones that were on our calendar, you know, in the near term here have been postponed or canceled. And so that's been um, an impact, especially just being a newer company. That's, you know, definitely an avenue of where we get our products out there, um, where we we like to have people smell them, try them, etc. So that really helps set a a, a jar of spice, you know, apart from one you'd find at the grocery store, if you can actually try it per se. So um, that's been been something there and then social media has been another channel um which we wanted to definitely leverage up front um and so definitely the online and social media has um you know hung in there during these tough times um but if it's really the markets and those types of things that have suffered a bit yeah and it's interesting someone was saying that 38 percent of their sales were due to sampling and the ability to sample at events and markets. And she said, I just don't know without that bump, if you're going to see my product on a shelf and you're going to buy it. Right. Agreed. Yeah, that's definitely, I would agree with that. It's, it's unfortunate. I mean, that's where we're really feeling the impact right now. Um, especially being new. Yeah. So, So as we move forward, you know, 
there will be markets again. There will be events again. We don't know whether that's a three-month time frame, which I frankly kind of sadly doubt, or a six-month right. time frame, which would be, let's see, that would get us into the fall, potentially. Um, and I think we'll hope for that as we are having this conversation because it's interesting how the local maker market is trying to coalesce and stay together, right? So trying to figure out, are there pickup opportunities for local markets? Are there farmers markets that can happen online or virtually? Um, are you guys involved in any of those conversations with folks yet? Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen um, a bit of chat chatter about um, kind of the, the different possibilities that exist out there in this new normal. Um, and so it, you're exactly right. It's it's looking to to use technology um, and leverage that to get your products out there um, and, and brainstorming in that way. So it's I definitely hear the conversation starting and we're we're trying to add in our points of view um, as we can. Um, another another thing too is we we as a company like to give back, um, and so we partnered with Minnesota Brands for Good um, at the start of the year. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, before pre COVID, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll refer to it. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. We have PC um, and AC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to patent that. I think so. We need a shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and th- it's a really great, great organization. Um, they're, you know, do online fundraising and, and, and leverage Minnesota brands in their catalog versus the typical, you know, wrapping paper, chocolate fundraisers. They have all kinds of Minnesota makers in their catalog that you're allowed to choose from um, in order to support local churches, charities, school organizations, et cetera. One cool thing that we've noticed them pivot quickly on due to the, to the COVID-19 is that they're partnering on, um, let's see, with a company called Hands-On Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, Hands-On Twin Cities. And um, so pretty much if you go to their website um, and any items that are purchased off of the Minnesota Brands for Good website, right now um 40 of those go back to the um hands-on twin cities which is supporting the covid19 uh relief fund um so it was really cool to not only partner with them and give back um on a wider scale but just to see them uh quickly pivot under the circumstances um and respond to what we're currently currently going through. So, right. One thing, Tom, that I think could be an opportunity for you as we're sort of carving out a new marketplace, right? So many Mm -hmm. people are at home and cooking at home. And frankly, not all these home cooks are awesome. So I see that there could be a space for you to sell your product online, people order it, and then figuring out ways to like deal with your pantry surplus. Have you thought about any of those types of opportunities? Uh, We have actually um, been working uh, really hard to figure out wh- how we're going to shift from markets to now online or Instagram, social medias, maybe a YouTube channel just to uh, now people don't have an excuse for not using our spices because they're stuck at home. They right. have to eat. And you're a good <laughs> you cook. Know? It like, sounds like, like you can't get around it. So we want to um, find ways. I reached out to a couple friends and a couple of other people that uh, work for us or we work with them 
and said if they have any you know thoughts or if they need any recipe ideas uh, contact me directly and they mentioned the same thing as well like now we can um, start writing more recipes we have the time we have the people to get up on our sites and how to take pictures quality pictures and walk people through step by step to get a chef style dinner with using our spices and what they have in their pantry as well correct yep well and one of the things that we were already seeing as a trend is that we're on instagram was sort of the authenticity factor so you know not super highly produced photographs as it were but um more kind of that homemade on my iphone style so i think that mm -hmm. could lend itself to you know your moving forward here that you don't necessarily need a ton of photographic equipment and special videography that people are just trying to find creative uses and ways to make their beans and their, you know, bland chicken taste good while they're at home. So I think that could be a real bright spot for you. Right. Yeah, definitely. I really appreciate that. And we will, we will start doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Coming, Coming soon right now when I make lunch, I'll Sprinkle some togarashi in my yeah, yogurt and make a dip. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Yeah, and and it's just really cool just to see we've we've seen seen some of that trending now. I think you know some of the folks that maybe purchased our spices maybe hadn't had the time or the opportunity to use them um, to date, and so we've seen some folks um, open up the jars and start using them, and then getting a lot of great feedback too, and. Um, so, and I would encourage yeah, people that are using them to tag you on their Instagram stories or their Instagram. So you have some content to repost. I yeah, think people absolutely. forget we to love, tag. Yeah, I know. We, we love to repost um, items that we're tagged in. So, all right, guys. Well, it's cool. a different type of podcast than normal, right? Because we're just rolling with what the circumstances are here. And it's so early on. I'm going to make a commitment to you that once we get past this crisis and we are back on our feet in whatever capacity that looks like, that we'll do a follow-up call with you to see how you pivoted, what it looks like, um, if you were able to continue to grow and establish the markets that you needed. Um, that's probably going to be in a six-month time frame, and I would love to have you back on the program when we get down the road just to kind of... I love I love revisiting with people, and I think you are in a unique position to make hay here, but it's going to look totally different than what it looked like a week ago, right? Oh, absolutely. No, we appreciate that, and we look forward to giving you an update. Yeah. A good update. <laughs> um, thanks, you guys, and thanks for being on the program. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your time. You bet. Take care.